Let's uh, thank worship team. Hey, Chapel family, it's good to be with you at our Portland campus. And um, if I didn't get to wish you a happy new year at the door, happy new year. Um, we are ready to let go of, of 2020 and move forward into 2021. I know we all are. And uh, next weekend, I want to let you know ahead of time that we're going to launch into a brand new message series here at the chapel that we have entitled, uh, let's see, I'll click it forward. There we go, Growing Deeper. Um, and so for, for the next six weeks, we're going to discover God's vision and where he's taking us as a church body and as individuals uh, over these next three years uh, and growing deeper together. And so it's going to be a really, really important message series, and we hope that you'll be with us either here in person on the weekends or you'll tune in or catch up uh, online um, via uh, Facebook or our YouTube live channel and uh, make sure that you are a part of this of these next steps in the life of the chapel. So grateful for what God has accomplished and what is yet in store for us. Uh, but this weekend, we're here to still take a next step, to move one step closer uh, to God and to each other through Christ. Uh, I guess several weeks ago, uh, many of you guys got to meet Joe Binkley. Joe um, serves here at the chapel overseeing our high school and, and giving some guidance to our young adult ministries as well now. And uh, what you may or may not know about Joe is that he is an avid runner. I envy runners. I, I want to be one with everything I am. I'm just not one. I'll ride a bike anywhere, but... Um, you know, call me out to run. It doesn't matter if it's the most glorious day. Uh, but I wish I was a runner. And just a year ago, last January, Joe set a goal for himself. His goal was to run the equivalent of a cross-country race in one year's time. Um, so he tracked it a little bit. And uh, the, here's the mileage. It, it would be from the basically from the northern border to the southern border of the United States, a mammoth 1,567 miles that he sought out to run uh, this past year. That's equivalent to 504 5Ks, almost 60 marathons, 222 hours of running, and burning 157,000 calories. Now that I do need, burn the calories. All of us need a little more calorie burning. He, he writes... I knew it was going to mean five days a week, five miles a day, plus an additional day a week running 10 to 15 miles. That's a lot, isn't it? He started running at the wreck until the pandemic hit, and then it was all outside. And here's what he writes. He says, I ran in the cold. I ran in the snow. I ran in the dark. I ran in the daytime. I ran in the wind. I ran in the rain. I ran in the heat. I ran on vacation. I ran on the deck of a cruise ship. I ran inside. I ran outside. I ran when I was tired, I ran when I felt like garbage, I ran when I felt great, I ran by myself, I ran with my family, I ran with some friends. He was doing really good until he hit the 1,480th mile and he injured himself. His, his foot was hurting so bad after runs that he could barely walk the next day and yet Joe, he is just one of the most driven individuals that I know. And so he said, well, if I can't run, I'm still going to do something to track those miles. And so he started swimming, which he said is way harder than running. And he started swimming. He started uh, rowing, uh, jogged, hobbled, limped up until the day before New Year's Eve. And then he 
he posted on his Facebook page, tomorrow I will run my last mile of my journey, and I want to invite all of you to join me. Now, I didn't join him. Um, like I said, not a runner, but he completed it. It would have been, I mean, if I were Joe, I don't know that I would have had what it took. It, it's so easy to give up along the way, right? And I don't know, it, you know, for sure, I'm not setting a New Year's resolution to run 1,576 miles. Maybe you are. But the reality is every single one of us that's here is in a race. In fact, the Bible likens our spiritual journey to that of a race or a, a marathon, let's say. And just like it's easy to start out in the race, uh, you know, and set some lofty goals and yet hit some bad weather, come across some injuries, the same thing can happen in our spiritual journeys for sure. Some of us, we've started out with a relationship with God, um, and man, there was a lot of excitement, and there was a lot of joy, and, and there's so much anticipation, and everything was new, right? And you just thought, man, this is going to be awesome, following Jesus. And then life happened, and it wasn't as easy <laughs> as you thought it was going to be. Or maybe some of the, the, the emotions that were there when you sang those songs at first, have kind of escaped you. Or maybe God didn't come through in some ways that you thought he was going to. Or maybe you, you rubbed shoulders with some other Christians that weren't very Christ-like and it's discouraged you. And in the race of faith, it is easy to get distracted, to get waylaid, to grow weary, and even to give up. And that's not something that's new. <laughs> In fact, the, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews has something to say about this, and he, in this text, is going to compare our journey of faith to that of a race. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and I want to just read it for us, and then and I want us to think about some faith builders that we can grab a hold of as we enter into this new year uh, together. This is Hebrews chapter 12 beginning in verse 1. He writes, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. He says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of God's honor but on the throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then, he says, you won't become weary and give up. Now, we don't know for sure who the writer of the book of Hebrews was, but we do know that the people that he was writing to were people just like you and me. People that were on the journey of faith, that, that maybe started out with great zeal and excitement, but somewhere along the way got discouraged, the load got heavy, things got hard, and they were struggling. 
And so he writes with some deep wisdom that I think can help you and I, no matter where we're at, because even if you're not facing a tough season right now, or, or you know, maybe you're running laps like crazy, and you're just trucking forward, and you're doing well, great, awesome. But if you follow Jesus very long at all, eventually every single one of us will come to some difficult laps on the journey. And so what the writer of Hebrews gives us here are some what I would call faith builders. And the first faith builder that I see is to remember that you are not alone. So critical. Here's what he writes. Go back to verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. What are these witnesses? Witnesses, uh, witnesses kind of proclaim a truth or share their experience. They, witnesses are models of faith. And when, when the writer says this, he begins this verse with the word therefore, which points back to chapter 11, which many of us are aware of is kind of like the hall of faith in the Bible. And there's all these incredible characters or witnesses to real faith. And the writer was saying, listen, you're not alone in this race, so don't give up. There's other people that have been there, done that, and they've kept the faith. They've kept moving forward. And so he highlights some of those in chapter 11, like Noah. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. And Noah didn't just save his family, he saved the human race because he had faith. He trusted God. He did not give up. He's a witness to us. By faith, Abraham, when he call, was called to go to a place that he would later receive as inheritance, he obeyed God and he went even though he did not know where he was going. God just said, hey, get up, and start going. And next question for all of us, oh, well, where do you want me to go, God? Where are you taking me? And God didn't answer him. He just said, just get up and go. And Abraham, by faith, set out on his race and started following no matter what. He's a witness of somebody that steps forward even when they don't exactly know where they're going. By faith, Moses, in Hebrews 11, it says, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. There's probably some students in here, some young people in here, truth be told, all of us that, that are tempted at times towards the pleasures of this world that could take us down a dangerous path and we're faced with a choice and the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, there's other people that have been where you've been and they've lived faithfully anyway. They've trusted God. These are witnesses. The list goes on and on. He includes Rahab, who was a prostitute. It says, because she welcomed the spies, she was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab is another witness, an example. So no matter where you're at in the journey of faith, do not give up because of this great cloud of witnesses. Now I wonder, those are some ancient witnesses that we 
have included in the scriptures to encourage us, to keep us motivated, to keep us moving forward. But just like we need to look back at the ancient witnesses and hold on to their faith, sometimes we need somebody in living color right here and right now when our faith is weak to, to lean into their faith, right? And so I hope that all of us have some modern-day witnesses in our lives so that we know that we're not alone. Let me introduce you to a couple of mine. This is John and Donna Tovey. I first met John and Donna at a conference center that Lisa and I got to work at when I was going to seminary. And John was kind of like the, like the campus pastor of the camp and conference center. And five days a week, he would have this special time in the morning at 10 a.m. called the second cup of coffee. And it was an opportunity where people could come and just sit, and he'd open up God's Word. And primarily, he would teach from the Scriptures about uh, what, what a godly marriage and family and relationships really look like. And what John and Donna shared in those years were so absolutely formative for Lisa and I. We were newlyweds. We didn't have kids yet. And yet, some of the principles that he shared from God's truth have shaped my life, our lives. John retired from the ministry just in October. And then only a couple months later uh, was infected with COVID. He was in the hospital. He was struggling. I remember him posting online and he said, I feel so helpless, not hopeless, just helpless. I, 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 that, that resonated with me. What he was saying is, I haven't lost faith. I've got hope still, but I just feel helpless. He was in a hard part of the race. It was scary. He, he, he got well enough to, to get out of the hospital, and he came home and celebrated with his family for five days, and, and then his health turned to the worse again. <laughs> went back into the hospital. Talk about discouragement. And the day that he had to go back into the hospital, the second time, this is the passage of Scripture that he posted on social media, coming from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 15, where it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He was holding on to hope and faith. John's one of my witnesses. His faith keeps me going. Or, or Dan and Nancy Bishop. Uh, Dan has been a mentor in my life for many years, and my wife Lisa worked for Nancy, uh, Dan's wife, for several years. They've become close friends, and we followed their journey of faith. Dan was a pastor, and now he works for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he trains leaders all over the globe on how to be stronger, better leaders and pointing people to Jesus. His wife, Dan, uh, Nancy, went through breast cancer, and she thought she was good and free and in the clear. And then a few years later, it came back, and it metastasized. And her hip bones were so brittle that they wouldn't allow her to walk. She had to be in a wheelchair. She had to uh, use a walker even when she was just at home going from a chair uh, to, to another place in the, in the living room. It was scary. Stage four. She started treatments. We followed her journey. We've been praying for her. And, and at the very beginning of all this, she put, would post scripture and she said, these are, the, these are the truths that I am holding on to. Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved, for you are the one that I praise. 
In Micah 7, 7, I love this. But as for me, I watched in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior, for my God will hear me. And this is not the end of everybody's story, but today, Nancy is cancer-free. And it's absolutely miraculous. But here's the thing. Here's what I know about Dan and Nancy. Even if that wouldn't have been the end of the story for them, if it would have ended in death, they would have been people of faith. They're my witnesses. They're the people that I look to and go, man, when things aren't making sense or when life is hard or when we're facing something or somebody that I know and love and care about is going through something and I'm lacking faith, I look at the witnesses and remember, keep going. We're not alone. Well, the second faith builder that I think the author of Hebrews gives us here now is, is, is what I would say, lose the weight, which seems pretty appropriate for the new year, right? All of us probably uh, need some work in this category. He compares um, the shortcomings and sins and setbacks of our life uh, to weight. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily can trip us up. He says, if we want to run this race with perseverance and not get weary and give up, sometimes it's going to mean losing some weight, <laughs> letting go of some things. Joe, who's an avid runner, he's also like an awesome like weight loss coach. And, and, and he was sharing some of the tips when it comes to losing the weight. It means choosing the right kind of friends who are committed to the same race as you. Like if you want to lose physical weight, Man, don't be hanging out with me. I was at the queue last night. I told Ryan when I came in, I've, I have a queue over. It was our first, some friends invited us to the queue, the barbecue place. It was Nagoya. Everybody was bitter because they moved. Let me tell you, it's not so bad. They brought like a, not a plate, really like a trough, basically, a metal trough of meat and then all these sauces and I couldn't stop. I couldn't help myself. Like it was, I mean, I'm feeling it today. Uh, and if, you know, that's a one-time thing, and, I, you know, I don't pig out all the time, but weight gain happens just slowly, subtly, doesn't it? Like, you can just, all of a sudden, we make these little compromises, quarantine happens, we're just snacking, like, you know, just a little bit, but a little bit, like, mm, every 15 minutes, you know? And the same thing happens in our spiritual journey. We, we make... These little compromises, oh, it's not that bad. It's, oh, oh, it's you know, just this one time. Oh, it's just when I'm out with these friends. Or, and pretty soon we find ourselves carrying a weight that's keeping us from moving forward with Jesus. So sometimes it means making sure we're surrounding ourselves with the right friends. Sometimes it means dropping certain activities, things that are getting in, way, in the way of the race. Like, you know, if you're getting ready to run a 5K, you wouldn't take your favorite bowling ball with you, right? I mean, it's not, I mean, nothing wrong with bowling. Nothing wrong with your favorite bowling ball. It's just not the right time to be carrying that thing if you're doing this thing, Right? The same thing goes in our lives, in our spiritual journey. Take social media, like, it's a great thing. We've, it's, it's helped us stay connected, right, uh, in the midst of all the 
all the quarantines and, and people have been able to still work or get on Zoom and meet with co-workers or you're FaceTiming family on Christmas because you couldn't actually be together. Wonderful tools. And yet sometimes they're wonderful, but they're, they're not good for us, right? I mean, social media can be just a kind of a, an escape. And we find ourselves just mindlessly scaling through our Facebook feed or Instagram while our family's sitting right around us and we're missing out on time together or, or, or we're not giving any time to God's truth in our life in prayer. Sometimes it means dropping some activities. And finally, if we want to lose the weight, sometimes it, it means getting some help. Sometimes we're carrying some secret weight that nobody else knows about. Something that we're struggling with. And maybe, maybe not even our spouse knows. And there's some things that we will not overcome on our own in life. we got to get help. And if that's you, I want to tell you, there's hope. Don't give up. You're not alone, and we can lose the weight. And that leads to the third and final faith builder. He says, let us run with endurance the race that God has marked out for us. Following Jesus, this just in, is not always easy. There's going to be rain. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be weights that, 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 that pull us down. There's going to be things that trip us up. But it means endurance. And how do we endure? I love what Psalm 37 verse 24 says. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord upholds them with his hand. That word fall, never fall, literally means they will never ultimately crumble. But they will continue in faith. Why? Because it's the Lord that holds them by his hand. Who's holding our hand in this race that we're on. That's why the last faith builder is keep your eye on the prize. Here's what the writer of Hebrew finishes with. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We keep our eyes on Jesus. In the race, uh, running racing world, which I really don't know much about, they call it a DNF, a did not finish. Um, now, my kids were swimmers, and uh, what I'm familiar with is a DQ, means disqualified. What's interesting is in swimming, you can finish the race, but you can get disqualified along the way because of doing it the wrong way, a wrong stroke, um, you know, pausing, putting your foot down, not kicking your feet the proper way, uh, and you can finish the race but it doesn't count for anything because you were disqualified. But the thing that I love about the journey of faith is there's no DQs. There's no disqualifications. There's only finish or do not finish. And Jesus is calling us to keep our eyes on him so that we can finish the race. That's why he says we do it by keeping our eyes on Jesus and I love this, the champion who initiates and 
perfects our faith. That word perfect, it doesn't mean perfect in the way that most of us think perfect, like perfect, like no flaws. It means complete or whole or finished. This verse reminds us that when we keep our eye on the prize, Jesus himself, the one who got us into this race in the first place, like bottom line truth, like none of us would have chosen the race of faith if Jesus didn't do something in our hearts to draw us into real living faith. And the one that initiated that faith is also the one that is going to complete it. So don't give up. Don't grow weary. Keep your eye on the prize. It says Jesus, because of the joy that awaited him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now... He is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. It says, think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. And then, because we're keeping our eyes on him, then you won't become weary and give up. Remember you're not alone. Lose the weight. Keep your eye on the prize. And when we do, we'll be able to echo the words of the Apostle Paul found in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, who said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And now, he says, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. And this is what he says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, He says, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So let's keep our eye on the prize. Lord, thank you that you love us. God, thank you for calling into this journey of faith. It's much more a marathon than a sprint. And Lord, some of us are discouraged or tired Or some of us, over this past year, we've looked around at our circumstances and we've taken our eyes off of you and we've gotten waylaid and distracted. Jesus, thank you that you don't disqualify us. But you call us to finish. And not finish all by ourselves. For we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. People from ancient days that modeled faith and those that are in the journey right now running beside us that we can look to and lean into. And Jesus, ultimately, we can look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Give us your strength, Jesus, as we walk and run into this new year. Give us your endurance Help us to strip off everything that keeps us from moving forward. And may you be the prize. In Jesus' name, amen.